the Ghost Goal Podcast. Winter has come, and with the dropping in the temperature also goes the drop in Chelsea and Arsenal's form. Chelsea suffered a 3-2 defeat near to the end against West Ham over the weekend, with a home date against Leeds coming up this weekend, while Arsenal struggled at Goodison Park, allowing Everton to get their first win since September, with a comeback 2-1 win thanks to a screamer from Damari Gray. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, episode 334. We're mainly focusing on our two teams today, because uh, the overall slate of games coming up this weekend in the Premier League is... Uh, not as enticing, my favorite word when referring to fixtures, not as enticing as uh, it usually is. The one that yeah, j- jumps no, out. No real like bangers. There's well, yeah, the, I was about to say the one real uh, fixture that uh, jumps out at you is the Liverpool Aston Villa fixture. And that's less to do with the, the quality of both sides and more to do with Steven Gerrard, obviously returning to Anfield. Uh, as a manager. So that's part of a, a very stacked 10 a.m. slate of games on uh, Saturday, which includes both of our favorite teams, Chelsea and Arsenal. So, uh, well, we should start, though, with this Manchester City Wolves game after Wolves managed to, or almost managed to, hold Liverpool, uh, but eventually fell 1 0 last God, weekend. They played, they played so well. And I, I, I said it, I thought it was going to be close. I said 2 0 Liverpool. And I mean, it easily could have been 2 0 Liverpool, but. Wolves really just, I think they deserved a point from the way that they played. And I know Liverpool missed that really good Yota chance and they they had great possession. And But Wolves were, were at it. They were, they're good defensively, but they still always pose a threat, you know, offensively. And I think now that they have Raul Jimenez fit, they have their wingers back fit because they didn't have, you know, Neto and Pedence. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have them for the first you know, three months of the season. So they're still not playing both of those players though. They usually play Jimenez and Huang and play Huang is sort of like a a hybrid second striker slash wide player. Yeah. But I'm saying it just, it just bring, they've been bringing them off the bench and it just adds, you know, a lot more to the squad, especially the attacking options where Wolves are really struggling to score goals. And, you know, this game, they, they probably could have scored a goal. They weren't, like, amazing offensively or anything, but no one has been very good against Liverpool so far this season anyway. So, you know, no one scored a lot of goals on Liverpool, and other than Brentford, I guess. So I think I think all respect to Wolves for being able to, to hold that to, to that point. And, you know, for Liverpool, it feels right now like they're going to be pushing for the title, but it, there's just that looming we're, African we're not, combination. We're not on to them. Said. We're, we're not on to them yet, Danny. We're talking about this Man City Wolves game that's going to be on oh, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. All right. Well, yeah. yeah well, then, What are then, Wolves' chances? I, mean, well, I'm, they, I'm, I mentioned the Liverpool thing just because it's a similar stature of team that they're going to be facing like in back-to-back well, they back have, weeks. They have had like good results against City in the past under, you know, Espirito Santo, so... I don't know if I can expect that now when Manchester City are, I think, on a six-game winning streak, and you know they're at home here. Who they've been, they've been, you know, unbelievable at home. So I, well, I, now, well, I now they're pissed off after that Champions League loss. They just lost in a relatively meaningless, like, final Champions League group game at Leipzig. Yeah, they'd already won the group. So yeah, they already won the group. Uh, so I'm not saying that loss means anything. But I'm just saying them losing that game with a lot of their their starters playing it wasn't like a that heavily of a rotated lineup 
Pep's going to Pep's going to be up their ass about that, and he's going to demand some kind of response uh, at home against like a decent Wolves team. Yeah, I, I, and, I don't and, think Wolves have much of a chance though, like because City are just a different animal. But I think that they can hold them for this till the 60th, 70th minute, you know, until the 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 dam breaks and maybe they concede a couple of goals. But I really the other thing is their their goalkeeper Jose Sa, who. In the preseason pod, I highlighted him as, as possibly being, you know, a, a strong addition to Wolves. And statistically, he's the fourth best keeper in terms of shots faced and, you know, his, his shot saved. And he's been... Percentage, you mean? Yeah, his percentage of shots saved. Um, he's he's the fourth in the league. You know, um, Allison, I think Mendy, and I think it's something like weird, like Guaita or something is the third, but... You know he's 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 up there with uh with all those all those goalkeepers in terms of the percentage of shots that he's been saving and yeah I think he's adapted well to the Wolves team and been part of the reason why you know he he has had good distribution out of the back you know he's pretty calm on the ball hasn't made any crazy mistakes and yeah I just I think he's been a a, a pretty seamless because you know we were thinking how are they going to replace as good a goalkeeper as Patricio and. It's another reason why I think Manchester City won't be able to break them down as easily because of how good their goal- Wolves goalkeeper is. So I'm going to give some respect to them and I'll say 2-0 Man City. I'll give a little more respect to Wolves, but uh, still a Manchester City win and say uh, 3-1 Manchester City. There's still a threat from Wolves. Like People people kind of tend to think that because Laj has gone back to this uh, three or five at the back system that... Nuno had so much success with that they're still a more defensive leaning team but Lash wants to get on the front foot and wants to press and he wants to you know definitely uh, be a bit more brave going forward in terms of number of players thrown forward than uh, Nuno Espirito Santo ever was at any point as Wolves manager so that obviously has its pros and cons I still think they obviously will lose and concede a few goals but I think they'll get one at the Etihad I think also, yeah, Dama Traore has always given Manchester City a lot of problems. I know he's, he gives everyone a lot of problems, but particularly City because the way that they, you know, like to control possession in the ball. Whenever a player just, like, goes past a couple of their players, it just drives them crazy, and they all, like, they all swarm at that player and try to take the ball. And Adama Traore can just, like, pull two or three City players out of position and really pull gaps into the team. A player like that is just really, really dangerous. Eden Hazard will do the same thing to Manchester City when he was in the league. It's just a player who has that you know really quick turn of pace and can just burn a couple of players and take them out of the position. Can just be a huge threat to a team that has you know a really set style and possession. Yeah, it's 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 a one man press break. Exactly, it can be very useful. Um, I I should mention that there is a uh, Friday night match this week. Brentford will host Watford. I'm not quite ready to call that a relegation six-pointer since Brentford still look decent enough that we think they should avoid a relegation fight, but it's certainly important for Brentford and, well, for both teams really, but it's important for Brentford to sort of, you know, you keep themselves out. you got to think at home, Brentford, Brentford should, the way that they've looked this season, they should beat Watford. So if Watford can get an, a, a result, which they've gotten some, you know, I think they did beat Everton 4-2 and... They've yeah, gotten some Watford, decent results under Ranieri. Watford, they, they shift game to game from really good performances and sometimes getting g- great results from those performances to just being a complete and utter dog shit. So, I mean, 
based off the pattern, you know, good performance against Chelsea, but lost bad sort of bad performance against city, but they never really had a chance in, in that. They should be, they should be back up for this kind of, yeah, Emmanuel uh, Dennis, to pull six goals, the- five assists this season. What a what a debut season so far for him. Yeah, well, he he's was probably not going to be was one of our players to watch from that team. Yeah, for sure, he's not going to be on uh, Watford very long. I don't think if he keeps this up. So let's shift over to you guys because uh, you guys, Arsenal, will be hosting Southampton Saturday at ten a.m. Fresh off that one nil defeat, wah, wah. or sorry, two one defeat at Everton. God, Richarlison always does this to us, man. He scored, like, a he scored a hat trick. Yeah, he scored a hat trick on us. Like it was so harsh. Both of those goals they they chalked off against him. Look, I can't say Arsenal deserved anything from this game. We were dire. I mean, there were, the spaces were there. Everton weren't really pressing that hard. You know, it wasn't that hard to pass through them, and we just couldn't finish our chances. There were four very good chances in the second half that should have had at least a couple of goals from, and didn't take those in the first half. You know, there was that really controversial moment where Godfrey stepped on Tomiyasu's face and VAR reviewed it for a couple of minutes, didn't think it was on purpose, so they didn't give him a card. But, you know, he went on to commit eight fouls during the game, got a really bad yellow card from like a a, a stamp on Bakayo Saka's ankle and, you know, injured Saka for a few minutes. It, it was just, it, it just affected the whole game that he was able to play the, the game out after that, uh, that like pretty vicious stamp that he had on Tomiyasu, but it doesn't excuse how bad Arsenal played with, you know, pretty much a full team. Granit Xhaka was back in the lineup, which I didn't expect at all. I I had no, I I said he was back in training, but I didn't think that he could just start from the get go and play 90 minutes. Dude's a freak of nature. I mean, he was, the doctors were saying he wasn't going to be back till January. So he's back a month early and starting and playing a full game. I mean, he actually didn't look terrible. I mean, I can't blame him for the loss. So, he did have his characteristic like stupid blunder yellow card in the in the early in the second half where he just like clattered into a player and gave them a, a set piece which they I think they scored off of and Richarlison was offside so we got very lucky that his blunder didn't cost us an, a goal that game and it's just it, it it's just back to seems seemingly the same old shit for Arteta you know these last few games we haven't been as good on our press we've gone up in these games. And as soon as we go up 1-0, we just go into a shell and all the players start playing defensively and stop pressing high on the ball. And I don't know if it's, it does seem, I mean, Arteta is screaming at the players, telling them to, to like move up the pitch and, but then it, it doesn't seem like he, he, he understands tactically that he can't keep playing the same players or doing the same things and expect results. Well, he didn't, I think he, he switched the team up. Like he enough. did no, and I have was, to give him we, credit for that. A lot of the changes like, that you and I were, were talking about the, with the Bamiyan yeah, a lot of the changes out. just didn't didn't work. Yeah, and it's not like the players the, he brought in. Were, Tierney did play well and got an yeah, assist. So I was you gotta, say, yeah, the players that came into the lineup were you know Lacazette up top, Tierney at left back, Xhaka uh, that you already mentioned in midfield. It, it seems like it seems like there's there's no it's no one right answer to you know quote fix Arsenal's problems. It's it's going to be a team effort and I don't want to scapegoat one guy but one player that you really do expect more of that just hasn't been uh, up to the standards we've expected of him when he's healthy has been Thomas Partey now maybe Arteta's asking him to do a bit too much because it seems like every time you guys are building out from the back right now 
when the ball does go to Partey, he's so hesitant. He's being targeted by other teams. They they, no, they know he's, he's, he's so hesitant. Yeah, yeah. They know he's not as natural on the ball in terms of initiating attacks. He's a great defensive midfielder. He'll sweep up anything and, and stop attacks, but. That's just not his strong suit. So to play him and Jaka together just seemed like you guys were kind of asking for, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, a blunder in terms of your your creativity. Yeah, Thomas likes to lose midfield in or lose the ball in in dangerous places. And to be fair, you know, granted Jaka did that for a, a while and kind of has stopped doing that. It took him a while to take that out of his game. And the Premier League is vicious like that, where if you're playing in midfield, I mean, you've seen Saul who in La Liga. Saul or on Spain has looked like a world-class midfielder, but when he's played for Chelsea every time, he's looked like absolute dog shit. And I think that's because in the Premier League, and it's not like he played against uh, you know super difficult teams in the Premier League either. He's just looked like shit in, in every game that he's played. So I think it's an example that the league is very difficult, especially in midfield for a player to play. And it, it takes a, a year or two to adapt you know, I know him. At least staying fit for him, for him, the, I think the most important for me is staying fit because it doesn't matter when he's in the team. Doesn't matter if he's not playing well or if he's only doing a four or five out of ten performance. That's still far better than any other midfielder at the club right now. So, as long as he's like in the team, it'll elevate the performance. I think. I think while he's yeah, he's not performing at the level he should. It's more the the captain, you know, Obama Yang, who's just been. I think five or six. Now this is his sixth game or something. Now that he hasn't scored in a row and missed just guilt edge chance after guilt edge chance game after game. Yeah, he just I don't know. We gotta we gotta. This is a huge problem at Arsenal. I don't know why it keeps happening, but it seems like we have to adopt more of a system like Chelsea, where if a player is thirty years old, you know, you pretty much just gotta give him a year contract. If they don't perform, you get rid of them. Because you can't be giving a thirty-year-old three-year contracts two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a week because it's just it's it's not going to work. They're not going to they're not going to work hard. They're not going to put in the well. Well, the, that's not entirely true, you know. No, I'm saying I'm saying Thiago it's just Silva, but I'm just saying as a general rule, that's what Thiago Chelsea have gets done. A, has gotten one-year contracts though. But when Chelsea we signed don't give when we signed than, him, it, when we signed him on a free, we he gave him a two-year contract, and you know I think he's got. We're gonna sign him for another year after after this season. So, I, well, I, okay, I didn't want that to sound like it's the the, the problem is Thomas Partey. I, obviously, he should keep playing. He's very important, and I've I've praised him in pretty recent weeks on this pod. But, but like, why didn't Ketia come off the bench the, and like? Nah, I, well, do you mind if I just do you mind if I just shift <laughs> back to just that midfield? Just because I feel like a, a lot of especially the narrative of, that you were saying about Arsenal going into this season that. Once the the method in which Arsenal build play from the back improves with players like uh, uh, Ben White coming into the team, with you know Sambi Lokonga uh, possibly coming into the team, as which, well as Ramsdale, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that, that that should improve and you should create more chances and you know score more goals based on that. Having Partey be in the team with a player like Xhaka, you you get one of those. Pick one. Which one do you want? Put someone next to that player. That's going to have more of a focus on, you know, maybe not necessarily the defensive tracking back part of the game, because that's what Partey is going to be better at. But whether it's giving a bit more, uh, a bit more responsibility to someone like Sambi Lakonga or dropping Odegaard deeper into midfield. I, I know he's been in pretty good like goal scoring well, form way, recently, right, but, but you the need way someone been next playing, to that player that can help you guys, you know, not lose the, way the ball Arsenal's inside playing, your own third. The, the player that is Xhaka or what you're saying, 
So the, the quote-unquote defensive midfielder, we've been asking Thomas to be that creative player, and he's just been failing at that role. Yeah, he that's hasn't what been I'm saying. You shouldn't def- be asking right. him to play that. But I'm saying I don't really want him playing the the role at that that Chaka or Sambi would play either because that player is almost an auxiliary left back, and they're just feeding balls constantly to Tierney or Tavares, whoever's at left back. And that job, and then just playing defensive. Like, I don't really want Thomas to only be restricted to that part of the pitch. It just seems like a kind of a waste for him. Someone less mobile, like Xhaka, can can be there. And Sambi, I guess, also he should, obviously you want him playing kind of in that the position that Thomas is playing right now. So, you're right. It's it's a weird combination of midfielders we have right now that don't really fit. And Xhaka was supposed to leave during the summer. We, we like, just resigned him out of ease or comfort just another stupid move that i'm sure we're probably going to move him on in the summer and regret having kept him another year just like we did you know with william having even signing him for a year so just problems that i thought were gonna well we'll see because coming into the side by by saturday for southampton i think so i think southampton at home arsenal have been very good at home you know chelsea's the only team that's gotten anything out of arsenal at home so I, I'm going to I'm going to say we beat Southampton at least, maybe two one. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think like Southampton score probably and and but they're missing like five or six key players. I think like Ward Prowse isn't going to be there. Um, Armstrong, I think a couple of like their defenders as well. There, I, I read that they have a bunch of players that are going to be out. So I'm pretty confident. I think both of their goalkeepers, McCarthy and uh, Foster, are out. So That's why had, uh, Big Willie, Willie Caballero, was signed on a on a you know just as a free agent this yeah, week. Yeah, like an emergency transfer. I think the Premier League allowed them to like bring in a goalie because they don't have enough goalies. Here's the players ru- ruled out for for Southampton: Oriel Romeu, uh, defensive midfielder; Mohamed Salisu, the center back, who actually I think has been playing pretty well to start this season; Jan Bednarik, so both their their center backs; Alex McCarthy, their their starting goalkeeper that you already mentioned; uh, Fraser Forster isn't definitely out, but 25% chance of playing according to premierinjuries.com and Stuart Armstrong rolled out. Yeah. So most of those that you mentioned yeah, are, are correct, but you got to be quaking in your boots for Armando Broya. Come on, man. He's, he's back on no, the, no. Back actually I take it back form. with all those injuries. I'm going to say three, three, one Arsenal three, one. Okay. Yeah. I'll say two, two, one. That's the one that sounds, feels right in my gut. Moving across London to one of the other 10 a.m. fixtures, Chelsea will host Leeds Saturday at 10 a.m. Like I mentioned in our little intro, the December dip in form has uh, truly arrived at Chelsea. Chelsea aren't and winning the league, Alex. It's not even... Actually, you know what? I, You're I not take winning that the back. league. It's not a dip in form. This Out is going to happen again. Uh, Javier, let me, let me ramble for a second here. Let me For, for once in your life, let me ramble. No, I like to have my little you know, comments. The, the dip... It's not a dip in form. It's been a dip in results. Obviously, you can't deny that. We've dropped points in most of our last five league games, other than the Leicester away game and the uh, Watford away game. But out of all of those games, the only truly like poor performance, not, not looking at the results of any of those games, just looking at the 90 minutes, what went on in each of those games, the only poor performance was the Watford away game. Every other game, as I've been watching it, I've thought to myself, we're doing fine. We're keeping possession well. Yeah, there's a few 
giveaways or uh, set pieces we shouldn't allow, or in the case of the the West Ham game last weekend, some blatant goalkeeping mistakes uh, from Mendy, which are, you know, very rare and have been rare, and he manages to have two in one game. The performances themselves are not terrible. So I think as long as we can get, you know, some of our midfielders, because we have a little bit of an injury crisis in midfield right now, if we can get some of our midfielders back healthy and playing, like Jorginho maybe back in time for this weekend, I think we should be fine for for Leeds. It's where I look ahead to like the Everton home game, uh, Wolves, Aston Villa away. These are all the games that we have in, in December. You know, they're not, they're not, you know, top four games. They're not Manchester City, Liverpool, those kinds of teams. But they are, they are games that around this time of year we have, you know, tripped up. And, you know, in recent weeks, we have also tripped up in those kinds of games. So we need to stay the course. We need to continue just churning out good performances, try and limit the mistakes. I know it's easier said than done, but if we keep on the same path of uh, like just overall how we've played, I think we will turn it around and the, the results will start to reflect, you know, just generally how well we have played. Yeah, of late. I don't think, I don't think you should hit the panic button. Is. Yeah. I don't think I'm you should hit panicking. the panic button. Um, I think Lukaku coming back into the side, I was about to say Lukaku and Werner looked good, you know, back in this Champions League game against Senate. So I think having your strikers back in the team, it's just, it's going to take the team probably a little while to, to mold around them. And there might be a couple shaky results where you get like a 2-2 draw with Villa in there, or maybe like, you know, a 2-2 draw with Everton or something. But again, I don't think you're going to lose any of these games. And I think you guys are probably going to win most of them. And I think where I would be slightly concerned is that injury to Chilwell, you know, we don't know how long that's going to be right or yet. Um, Reese James seems to have gotten some sort of small injury, but no, he's he, back. He, he played in midfield today. Okay. Just, you know, you, you got to get some of these players have to stay healthy. Tiago Silva during the, this period of, you know, three games a week and, a lot of times in the Premier League, it can be really grueling. And uh, right now, you have a lot of key players that are coming back from injuries, so you really don't want to see re-aggravated injuries. And it's just—it's a really like tentative time. Like, like you said, Mateo Kovacic as well. Like, he just came back from injury but got COVID. You know, unlucky for Ugh. him. Um, that one really but, grinds my gears. Right, but again, if you get re-injuries on these players, it can be months. So it, it, this is the period of the year where you really need to be careful. Tuchel's going to have to rotate the squad and you guys have a really big squad, so I'm sure you can do it. And you just have to get through this period. I feel like within like five points behind Man City, I think if you guys are within touching distance going into like January and February, you you know, you'll still be in the title race going out, going into the end of the season. But if you keep having this type of erratic form where you randomly draw games or like lose a game, you're going to fall behind the pace that Liverpool and, and City are setting right now because, you know, it looked like Chelsea were going to be the trendsetters. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're two points games, off Manchester guys, City and one I know point you off are, Liverpool. But you've, but, but, you've, but you've fallen a little bit off the And, and the, just and just looking pace. at this Leeds game, I, I, I mean, call me out here if you think I'm being ridiculous. I, I'm not concerned about this Leeds game. It's a home game. It was just announced th- uh, this past uh, week that Calvin Phillips is going to be out for an extended period of time, so he definitely will not play this weekend. They probably won't have Patrick Bamford. He looks like he's sort of re-aggravated his hamstring injury. Uh, Liam Cooper is a doubt as well. They're, they're captain and center back. Pascal Stroik, another center back. 
Oh yeah. Then you guys no. I mean, I, I don't I'm think you'll have any, any problems. I'm expecting with like a three or four one here, especially because all of the injuries are in midfield, and the player that really take, yeah. makes Leeds tick in midfield is Calvin Phillips. So Jorginho and Loftus Cheek in midfield, maybe even Reese James if. Tuchel was happy enough with his performance over uh, earlier today in the Champions League in that midfield spot. I, I think we have enough with the the, the forward or the striking uh, power, basically Lukaku and uh, Werner and, and Havertz and Pulisic. Those players are, you know, they're not at full, they're on full swing yet, but they're starting to get back to it. You saw, especially in the buildup to uh, Werner's almost winner today, Ziyech and Pulisic were both excellent in the build-up to that quick one-touch passing at the top of the box that eventually filtered through to Werner and he managed to finish bottom right corner so the confidence building in the attacking players is something that we have to lean on at this time and my god I just hope we don't continue the reason I would be concerned is because like I've mentioned in recent episodes this is the time of year where we have traditionally fallen apart uh, going into December all the way through to January. It's what got Frank Lampard fired last year, and it's what m- made people turn on Sari and before him, Conte. It's uh, It's been a trend that I hope Tuchel can figure out how to how to break, but I think I'll settle for uh, a 3-1. I think that's not asking too much. I mean, that's what you guys did to them last season. Um, yeah. But I think it's going to be... It was a tough 3-1, too. We, we only scored the third in like the 90th minute. They, think, the Leeds took the lead. Yeah, I think it's going to be a comfortable 5-2. 5-2, yes, Javier. I think you're going to score a lot of goals. I think they're going to get a couple goals as well. Rafinha's on, like, very, very good form right now. Yeah, um, Rafinha versus Alonso doesn't doesn't make right. me feel so he's great. Just gonna get, he's going to get a lot of joy the whole game. But Rudiger got a full rest today. He doesn't usually get to rests in midweek, so... But I think just having, like, a healthy front line again for Chelsea, Mason Mounts playing really well again. Yeah, I'm going to say 5-2 Chelsea. All right, I like it. Ballsy. I would bet the over in this game. Oh, for sure. The over 3.5? I don't know what that is, but it's probably pretty pretty good. So the marquee game of this weekend, also during that Saturday 10 a.m. time slot, I will not fault any of you uh, listening to this pod if you chose Liverpool versus Aston Villa ahead of either... Uh, Chelsea or the Arsenal game. Steven Gerrard returning to to Anfield is going to be... I can imagine it's going to be very emotional for him. And for that reason, I don't give Aston Villa any chance whatsoever. It's not even about Liverpool. Liverpool are obviously excellent. They're in great form at the moment, d- despite kind of struggling to get the, 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 the win late against Wolves. With the Anfield crowd behind them, with, you know, Stevie G, you know, giving his old team a, a free three points, you know, it's... Uh, it, It'll be something to behold to see to see him go back there, but I, I at the same time I don't really trust Villa against the truly top 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 teams right now. The only one I think that they could maybe get a result against is probably us, probably Chelsea in a few weeks' time when we play them at Villa Park on Boxing Day. All right, but but uh, Alex, we got to talk about they just beat Leicester City two one. They started for the first time this season. We've been calling for a more central. You know they they. I, we haven't even talked about how good their center midfielders are, but they played Douglas Luiz, Nakamba, and Ramsey in midfield, and then no, they McGinn. played Mc- no, they played McGinn and Bundia as like a kind of a two attacking mid type pivot, and then I mean, like like I think Ramsey also played on the wing, switched with McGinn. McGinn was playing f- further forward a lot of times, but they just they had more of a 
a midfield centered, you know, a, a lot of number 10, number eight type players playing together with, with Ollie Watkins. And yeah, I thought, th- I thought they, they looked good against the, you know, not a full uh, Leicester squad. They started Dewsbury Hall and Daka up front, but Lookman as well on the wing. Uh, you know, I think Jamie Vardy maybe wasn't fully fit to start. I don't know why he didn't start in this, but yeah, I, I, I was uh, I was impressed with with Villa here and how high energy they were, how their press was. I just, I think that Gerard has gone with a much more uh, midfield energy approach, giving giving players like McGinn, like Ramsey, the and Buendia just the the ability to roam across the midfield and just having destroyers like Nakamba and Louise behind them to to mop everything up. It it makes for any team that plays against them is it's going to be a whirlwind to get through that midfield. You know, there's there's so many players that are high energy that can take the ball off them. It's one thing for those Villa midfielders to perform in home games against teams like Brighton and Leicester, who admittedly have dropped off significantly this season. And it's another thing when they come up against a buzzsaw like Liverpool's midfield or Manchester City's no, no, midfield. I, a few I, weeks I don't ago. think they're going to get. I don't think they're going to like beat Liverpool by any means or anything, or even get a result. Uh, I just respect them much like Wolves, where I think they're on good form. They're going to come to Liverpool thinking we can get a result here. You know, if we get silence the crowd, we get the first goal. You know, maybe we can get something. So I'll say two one Liverpool. But I think Villa get a goal and keep it close and high energy the whole time and make it nervy for Liverpool till the end. I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool with that 3-1 being a 3-0 that turns into a 3-1 from a consolation goal. The, the Liverpool got to rest a decent amount of their players uh, in midweek in the last Champions League game against AC Milan. For some reason, they still started Mane and Salah. But, you know, Salah just seems like a machine, like he just wants to start every game and, you know, doesn't seem to really dip any, like anyway. So, yeah, it's it, I agree with you. Everything you said, it's it, it sounds good. They do. Villa do have like a very energetic, uh, fun midfield. I'm a fan of them. But when you put that up against Fabinho Henderson Henderson, by the way, is just, again, churning out like another really good season where he's been much more consistent with his goal scoring. He scored some really big goals for them, including the opener and the 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 uh, Liverpool derby and uh, the, the winner against AC Milan in their, their first Champions League game uh, that they were trailing at one point. Him and Fabinho and uh, Thiago, even, we've started to see uh, some of some better performances from him this season at Anfield. It's just too much. It's too much for me. Like. And like I said, Gerard, he'll he'll you know he'll play the part well. He'll say, "Yeah, we're here to get a result," and uh, you know, I've obviously especially come back to Liverpool. But for me, it's all about getting the points for Villa. He'll play that part well, but you know, deep down, he's he's very willing to give gift Liverpool the three points. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Oh no, he probably he probably wants to win, Alex. Come on, he, he'll he'll say fuck Liverpool if he can get like Europa League with Villa. So you are wrong, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. He he was an expert at you know keeping Liverpool from winning the title, so he might... <laughs> exactly. He's, he probably wants to keep doing it. <laughs> Hopefully he can contribute to another slip of sorts for Liverpool. <laughs> All right, Look what was you, your... You, were you sticking with... Uh, are you, did you give a prediction yet? Yeah, I said 2-1. 2-1, 2-1 okay. I'll go 3-1. 
Later on Saturday, uh, Norwich will host Man United, Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Man United had a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace uh, in Ralph Ranić's first official game as manager last weekend, uh, goal by Fred, of all people, and followed that up with a heavily rotated team playing in the final Champions League group game against uh, Young Boys from Switzerland, and they got a 1-1 that's draw a, uh, today. That's an understatement. They didn't bring any of their senior players. They only played their substitutes, well, Shaw and their bench and was all academy players. Sean yeah, Wan Bissaka start started. Right now. Both of them are on the bench. Sean yeah, Wan but you know, those, those, those aren't, you know, that's not, they're not the same thing as like Giallo and, you know, Alanga. Yeah, but da- but yeah, no, I know, but Dalit and. Um, Shaw, played, Shaw played for England. It was in the play, like, scored the first goal in the Euro final. All right. All I'm saying is it was their complete bench team. Like they played none of their starters whatsoever. They played Matic at center back. So the. Not even worth mentioning the Champions League game because they they already won their group and I think this game is going to be a blowout as well. They got to rest all of their first team. I could I'm, I may, like Cristiano Ronaldo can actually press for ninety minutes because he's going to be well rested. I, I think it's going to be a blowout. I thought you said you can't do that with him the team. No 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 he uh, he no, did no, it against Arsenal. Sure you said he that. shut me up, Alex. He shut me up. So Cristiano got so like two, one game against you guys and all of a sudden he can press. I think you'll right, find out here. Whole season. Cristiano Ronaldo has never played against Billy Gilmore before. Ah, well, I am still captaining him in fantasy, so fuck everything. And uh, Javier, he'll never get a chance to touch the ball. Billy Gilmore will keep it away from them the whole he's time. He's probably going to get a hat trick. So my, you know, by the time you listen to this, it's too late. Cristiano's already gone up in price. You can't bring him into your team. He's too expensive anyway. You can't afford I, him. I wouldn't want to. I have, you can't I have Lukaku. Him. Lukaku's back. Lukaku is back. All I right, actually Alex. think Norwich will put up a fight. I think I don't no, think they won't. I don't think it will. It may end up being a blowout when United bring on some, you know, fresh legs at the end to yeah, get I think a few Pookie more goals. Scores. I think Pookie scores, but I'm going to say five-one Manchester United. Whoa! United are the gods away from home, Alex. Not this season. They still are against Norwich. They will be okay. Maybe four-one. Four-one. I'm going to say two-one Manchester United. 2-1. Moving on to Sunday, Brighton will host Tottenham Sunday at 9 a.m., though this game is uh, currently under threat of being postponed uh, due to a COVID outbreak that's happened at Tottenham over the last couple of days. That's resulted in Tottenham's uh, Europa Conference League game on Thursday against uh, Wren being postponed because supposedly Tottenham only have about 12 or 13 eligible players that they can pick from with uh, the amount of injuries plus, you know, COVID uh, players that are isolating. So, uh, good job, Antonio. Look what you've done to the squad. The players are just like, boss, boss. I can't get up. I have COVID. They're like, he's like, no. You have to come to training. <laughs> you know that like they're just some of these fuckers are probably faking injuries and faking having COVID, so they don't have to deal with Antonio's bullshit. No, but like well, that in bullshit all has gotten though, them actually to win a couple yeah. games in a row. So I know. I don't know. I know. I don't know about that one, but I'm not willing to preview this one because it seems like it's probably... Yeah, I don't be... even know what to say about that then, so, yeah. So, moving on, the other 9 a.m. games on Sunday will be Burnley hosting West Ham. Javier, I'm sure you're uh, very excited for this one. Yeah, most certainly not watching that one. What? Javier, you've been, you, every time I try to just, you know, like, go right past Burnley the last couple of weeks, you keep going, oh, Alex, they actually are fun to watch now, and then... But no, nah, nothing. Nah, nah. I mean, but I think this will be a fun game, though. It'll probably there'll there'll be some goals. What are you gonna be watching? Leicester Newcastle. That's the no, other nine a.m. game. But I'll I mean, be, I would I'll certainly watch Brighton be Tottenham if it goes ahead. But 
Yeah, but assuming it doesn't go ahead, Burnley West Ham is the one to watch at 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, that's you're probably right. Um, do you want to do you want to give any praise to West Ham after uh, last weekend? I mean, they've got yeah, wins I at mean, home against Chelsea and Liverpool, and Manchester City in the FA Cup as well. And as, Manchester, um, no, they've beaten both Manchester sorry, teams in the Carabao, in the Carabao, Carabao Cup, Cup yeah. this year, yep. plus Liverpool and Chelsea in the league. So they've Some beaten impressive everybody. scalps. Yeah, they have. They are the giant killers this season. So, I mean, David Moyes, I think he's gonna he's gonna have this team there till the end of the season. I mean, Manuel Lanzini is now coming to this team. I think he he's he's looked good in seasons past. Gotten injured, scored that wonder goal against Manchester City at the end of the game, and then continued his good form against Chelsea here. And he scored a penalty. He did nothing else. I, I will not allow that. The, no, the thing the, the thing I will praise West Ham he linked for play for them linked up play for them. West Ham might have the most fortitude of any team in the league, and their their threat Chelsea on face. set pieces is just imperious. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's a constant for them. But I, I'm saying. It's less. It's less the overall standard of play that they that they they put on. It's more to do with when they take a punch and they go down. They don't give up, and you know that's that sounds that sounds like incredibly basic, but that that Chelsea game was just all grit and bravery. Like Chelsea, we were all over them. We make a make a mistake in the first half to gift them a penalty and get them back into it to make it one one. Uh, we go ahead again right before halftime, and then out of nowhere, early in the second half, Jared Bowen just was an absolute nuisance against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, you remember they came back. Uh, they came back against Tottenham last season when they were down three 0 and they brought it back to three three. So, yeah, under David Moyes, they're they're absolute dogs, and you can never count this West Ham team out. You know, like I said, it was the 80th minute. Tottenham were up three 0 and they brought it back to three three. You never that know being said, this, I'm, uh, I'm going 2-2 in this game. Team. You don't need to give a prediction, but I'm thinking this is a, a 2-2. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think West Ham win it just the way that they're playing right now, and they've been dis- disposing of teams in the bottom half of the table pretty easily. So I'm going to say 3-1 West Ham. Okay. Uh, then to finish up the weekend, uh, Leicester will host Newcastle Sunday at 9 a.m., and Crystal Palace will host Everton at 11 a- or 11.30 a.m. on Sunday. I don't really want to preview uh, those ones at the moment because we do have another uh, midweek slate of games uh, next week uh, f- for you guys. So, you know, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about all those other teams uh, when uh, previewing next week's group of games. Some of the standout fixtures in that midweek are going to be Arsenal hosting West Ham on uh, Wednesday, which we'll, you know, we'll probably talk about. We haven't discussed when we're going to be uh, recording again, but we'll probably preview uh, that game, that Arsenal-West Ham game uh, early next week, and also uh, Chelsea hosting Everton next Thursday. So this is really where, you know, the schedule starts to ramp up, as you like to say, Javier, and it's uh, pretty much Premier League games every three to four days for every team from now until uh, early January. So we'll be around, we'll be here, and uh, we'll get plenty of chances to talk about teams like actually, Leicester. Actually, and... I will not be here. I will be in Peru on Thursday. So ah, true. Okay. I will be gone for a week to Peru, so we'll see uh, how I'm gonna have to get, get I'm going to have to get created. Yeah. I'm going to have to get Maybe creative. Get some guests on. We'll see. We'll see what's, what goes on during that week. But I forgot about that um, wrinkle. All right. Well, start, yeah. start to get the creative juices flowing a little bit. Javier, uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I'm going to wrap things up there. Thanks nah, we, again. We, just, we all suck. We all <laughs> suck. This week, we are the trash. Oh, hopefully not for much longer. Hopefully well, Javier, much uh, longer. thanks anyway for jumping on this one with me. Good luck to uh, 
Arsenal, you know, getting back on back into winning ways this weekend. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. And you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're listening on an app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify that allows you to rate and review podcasts, please go ahead and uh, you know drop us a rating, drop us a review. We'd appreciate any input that you guys could uh, can provide. It helps new listeners to find the pod and We'd really, really appreciate it if you guys help us grow this thing. So enjoy the games this weekend. And until next time, see you.